friends and listeners, and welcome back to Get a Cat, Get a Horse, the gosh darn best nerd culture podcast on the interwebs, where the discussions are heated. I couldn't remember what it was. Where the discussions are heated, and the spoilers are more than likely, especially today, which is going to be specifically a spoiler cast about the relatively new science fiction fantasy film, Arrival. So if you do not want to know specifics about this film, please feel free to turn away now and uh, join us again once you have seen it. Today I am joined by Amani. Hello. Hello. And in our rotating third chair, since <laughs> MJ is busy today with his classwork, school time stuff, we have returning guest favorite, Ethan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> returning guest favorite. I like that. Returning guest favorite. The people in the comments did not know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> You're so rude. I'm just who telling are you the truth. To? <laughs> so, um, as we mentioned earlier, well, mere moments ago, we are going to be talking today about Arrival. We did not know at the end of last episode <clears throat> that we would be talking about this, but Amani texted MJ and myself halfway through the week and was like, yo, I just saw Arrival. It's the best movie I've ever seen. It's the best sci fi movie I've ever seen. I want to talk about it. And since uh, that's, how I that's how I read your um, texts, that's, that's the definitely voice that how I, I intend them to Yo, be read. Bro. <laughs> and so uh, we decided that since MJ was going to be busy with school anyway, um, at this crunch time for midterms and whatnot, we're fine. <clears throat> and since know. Ethan has nothing going on, and since Ethan has nothing going on in his life, <laughs> since he's just ready for our beck and call, yeah, um, that oh we would God. discuss arrival today. And I'm sorry, everybody. I see one person in the comments saying, "Oh man, gotta go." I know. I'm sorry. You this really is going don't be... want to know the spoilers. Yeah, it movie. would behoove you to see this film uh, first if you uh, are interested in it at all. If you, you know, if you're not totally invested in it and you kind of want to be sold on it, then maybe this would be a nice kind of primer for it. But I do think it would be a movie that's best served going in kind of blind. Yeah, honestly, even if you aren't sold on it, the movie's better when you don't know any of the twists. Because the second you see it coming, I think it loses. That's one of I the actually, things I wanted to talk about, rewatchability on this Yeah, one. I sort of knew, I had a very good prediction, like about one quarter into the movie of what was going to happen. I thought, and I was kind of right about it. But anyway, can we give a brief, spoiler free, just in case somebody uh -oh. stuck around this long. In case somebody stuck around this long, what do you think um, your general impressions of this film are, Ethan and Imani? Um, what, what was your, like, just vibe going out of it, just in, like, a couple sentences? Um, really, like, thought-provoking. Um, I think, like, refreshing is, like, a good way to describe Arrival. Um, I'm not sure if Imani would agree. Yeah. Um, it was definitely... Like, if you're expecting, like, an action thriller, this is not the movie for you. But if you're expecting, oh, yeah, like, it's slow. to be... Oh, yeah, it's slow. But in a good way, I thought. In the best But it way. is slow. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really interesting take on, like, like science fiction. It, it's good. Yeah, go see it. Yeah, I would probably echo that. I think it was kind of, like, refreshing to me. And I think one of the reasons I liked it so much was because the pace was so, like, thoughtful and um, purposeful, which is not the kind of filmmaking you tend to see now, especially in, like, normal theater settings. 
So for me, it was very refreshing and it was incredibly well made. I thought it was incredibly well performed. It was beautiful. Um, really like a film with a point of view that was successfully communicated. I was surprised in the theater that I was in how full it was. I mean, I saw, granted I saw it on Tuesday, which is half price movie day. And I saw it at, uh, like, I don't know, 1045 in the morning. So it was kind of like, you know, senior citizens shuttle time, (laughs) but, uh, but still I I was surprised. I know they were taking their trip. But, um, that is how you like to see your movies with the seniors. Well, I mean, all I, that's really the only time I can because I uh, work on weekends. So, like, I either see movies on Tuesday or Wednesday, and you know what? I just see. It the I just love the I like the picture I have in my mind of like Will surrounded by like old women, dude, <laughs> like okay. at arrival. Old people like kind of suck when it comes to like making noise and like turning off cell oh my phones gosh, and stuff, yes. dude. Like yes, yes. Like people were like eating stuff near near me, and I was like, how are you making? That, that much, much noise. noise and then somebody else was like their cell phone just kept on going off and i was like honestly that's probably one of those like janky ass jitterbug phones like that doesn't have a mute so like i'm i'm not that angry about it but like stop it old people um so this movie was directed by uh dennis villanovu i'm sorry if i'm butchering that beautifully a said well canadian filmmaker who amani you had mentioned last time you had not seen any of his other i hadn't seen movies. any of his other films and I'm now I'm going to make that since a thing that happens. I think like everything that he did like pre 2010s is kind was kind of um not like that well known. It was either like short films or like smaller features. And since 2013, he's made Prisoners, which I've seen and really enjoyed. Enemy, which I have not seen, but I know MJ talked highly of. Yeah. Sicario, which I have not seen, but I know a lot of people who enjoyed it. Um, he did Arrival, which we're talking about today, and he's also slated to be the Blade Runner 2049 director, which makes me feel which, a lot better oh about Oh, my Blade God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I was pretty worried about Blade Runner, but... Um, no longer. No, no longer. longer. Um, did you Have you seen any of those, Ethan, besides Arrival? Yeah, I saw Prisoners. Um, did you enjoy it? I did. It was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also... I started Sicario... Um, but I'm not like a huge fan of like murder, so I had to like <laughs> no, not watch it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I saw Prisoners. Not a huge him. fan of murder. <laughs> I think it's a really. Quotable. I think it's cool that he's going to be directing the new Blade Runner. That's that's a good yeah. choice. As am I, and um, it is adapted from a short story called "Story of Your Life" by Ted Chiang, mm-hmm. um, which apparently won like a lot of it won the Nebula as well as the Sturgeon Awards, which are pretty prestigious um, science fiction literary awards. And it was adapted by this guy named Eric Heiserer, I believe is how you'd say it, who I don't know at all. And frankly, his film writing credits are sketchy at best. He uh, wrote the screenplays for Final Destination 5, the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, the 2011 <laughs> Thing reboot, and whatever Lights Out is. So, like, honestly, not not the greatest... Wait, wait, uh, wait, Lights Out, that horror film? That yeah, it looks yeah, like it's a lights, yeah, it looks like it's a horror movie from this year. It wait, was who made Lights Out? Regarded, uh, David Sandberg was the director, but this gentleman, Eric Heiserer, wrote um, it. Wrote it the screen. Because I saw Light... Okay, that actually makes me very happy. I saw Lights Out, and it was very good. Anyway. It was good? Okay. Yeah. So maybe he's, like, transcended his Final Destination and 80s reboot f- phase into 
into something good. Everybody um, goes through the 80s reboot phase. Everybody goes through everybody the 80s reboot phase. Everybody does it. It's not embarrassing. We all just need to say it for what it is. Amen. <laughs> um, so this <laughs> film primarily centers around Amy Adams as the lead character. Who's a boss. Who's a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who's the gentleman who plays her uh, partner Jer- in crime? Jeremy Renner. Uh, Jeremy, Renner. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Yep. Who I really enjoy... Generally, I do too, I f- and I, I feel a, like, so bad for him always. <laughs> like this Me guy too. cannot catch a fucking. Break. He does seem pretty put upon in all of his films. <laughs> that was funny, and uh, I think also probably the next biggest role is Forrest Whitaker as kind of the uh, Mr. Army Man overseer. What was his accent? What was he supposed? Oh, what was he supposed that to be talking? Really about? bothered me the whole. I know. Movie, I was like, actually, I didn't even I notice it. It was like kind of southern, but like in a in a weird way. It was, I didn't I did not get it. It was weird. It always it, the whole movie. It sounded like he was like chewing tobacco. Like it, it does. Yeah, just, he's like, like Sally like, gonna yeah with the aliens. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it's like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is basically structured around the l- thought process of linguistics and learning other languages and how your brain structure. And mind patterns and things can change as your experience with other languages are brought into your life. It, towards that end, it is about aliens uh, parking their fat ass spaceships all around Earth, and then people trying to figure out definitely why not in that sending spot. you to talk to the aliens when they come. Yeah, like hey, why are you parking? Why are you parking your fat ass spaceship in our in our Montana cornfields or wherever they are, Michigan or something. Will's just just standing underneath hey, the spaceship with like hey, some fries or something. Like, what the hell are you doing here? So, um, I guess perf- let's talk about um performances first. You said you really liked Amy Adams. Did you feel that the performances were were solid throughout the whole experience? Yeah, yes. I thought that that was one of the strengths of the film. One of the great strengths, especially like AD- Amy Adams' performance. And I think anybody who's seen it will uh. Attest to this? Attest to the fact that it was very much the Amy Adams show. You know what I'm saying? There was a very purposeful, like, this is this character's point of view. This is a film from her perspective. She is the main character in every way, which I think is unusual for a film with a cast like this sort of... a Well, it's not like a particularly large cast, but it's a very star-studded cast, you know? Yeah. Both Jeremy Renner and Forrest give, Whitaker give very beautiful very consistent very generous um side character performances yeah but it is a very subjectively um focused film like it doesn't it doesn't try to portray anything outside of like her subjective experience this movie is like definitely about her yeah and like how she is seeing this whole conflict which i think makes it surprisingly I'm trying to think of the correct word because there was a specific word, surprisingly intimate, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. you don't get from the trailers. Like this is a very intimate, very personal, very like yeah. cerebral, like perspective, like one person's perspective kind of a film, which I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was great. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, so good. Sure. Amy Adams is a beast. I don't think anybody walking out of this movie would be like, hmm, I'm not sure if Amy Adams really like deserves all the acclaim she gets. You know what's funny is I, I've – respect the hell out of her and like everything i've seen her in like i really liked the master i i thought she was really good in this but like something about her to me i don't find her very charismatic 
Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I recognize that she's like a very good actress um, or like what I would consider to be like her performances make me believe her. Like I, I find her to be a good actress, but I, I just something about her. Like, I've, I don't know. I'm never like that invested in what she's doing. Cause I just don't find her to be that like, watchable or charismatic i don't know why like i i yeah. sort of see what she's doing and i'm like yes you know on a technical level i like what you're doing but like for whatever reason i've just i never feel like i'm like totally on her side rooting for her like she doesn't just hook me in that way i don't know if that makes sense but. i guess I don't know. And that's like an interesting point is charisma important like on that level like yeah. do you feel like that's completely um, i mean she, she spent all her she spent all her charisma and enchanted she gave, she gave it all away. <laughs> I haven't seen oh, her in that. Oh, she is guess, hella but... charismatic and is enchanted. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just like there's some people like, and I I talked about this before, but like Colin Farrell, for example, like maybe he's not um what everybody would consider to be necessarily the most technically gifted actor, but I mm-hmm. in anything I see him in, I'm just kind of like drawn to him. Like I I have like this like he has a watchability about him that like I don't really care what he's in I just kind of find him like charismatic and like to take up a lot of screen presence and I I just don't find myself with that in Amy Adams obviously that's a very like personal observation but like just yeah. worth noting that though I think it's a great performance I don't find her particularly um like I don't invest in her that much I'm so confused why you, like, why you think that really requ- requires you to invest in her mm-hmm. yeah so like do you feel like maybe you didn't enjoy it as much as I did because of that? No, I th- I think I still enjoyed it because of, like, the... I, I mean, I definitely had some, like, some issues with the middle of the film, which we'll get to I get, uh, soon, I'm sure. But, um, no, I, I think I still enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it because of the way it unfolded and was structured. Um, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much of a character piece as you probably did, is yeah. what I would... My, my thought. All right. Cool. What, do, what did you think about it, Ethan? Um, in terms of like characters, I thought they all really mm-hmm. did a good job. I'm I'm not sure why you have that like fascination. Amy Adams like, thing. <laughs> yeah, the Amy the Amy Adams Amy Adams thing. I don't understand it. I I think she did an amazing job. I don't think she's ever really done a bad job on a movie. Um, she really like captured this role, and I think they did like really good casting because like this role is of someone who's like kind of broken and like. Like, not not because, like, of anything that's happened to her, but because she keeps, like, having these, like, these, like, mental, like, flash forwards that are just, like, really, like... And you... I mean, like, I think, like, that's the point of the film, because you, like, look into her brain, the whole film, and you, like, see all these things that are going to happen to her. Which, spoiler, that's, like, a plot twist. <laughs> um, plot twist. And I think that's what makes it intimate, is you're, you're, like, sort of, like, you are her. Like, that's the point of the movie, is you are Amy Adams, basically. Mm. Um, oh yeah this is very much I will say though I will say that I did have one issue I had this isn't a big issue is I don't understand why that role that Amy Adams played couldn't have been cast by like like why couldn't like Lupita Nyong'o or like Lucy Liu play that role like that's my only issue I think this movie was like I don't know I just like want to see more women of color in lead roles but that's just me anyway yeah (laughs) I guess I don't know. I mean, it wasn't. I assume in the original story, it wasn't written for. Um, like I assume it was written for an American person who is a linguistics professor. But I don't see why you couldn't have changed it. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Um, 
The only thing, the only thing in terms of performance and writing that I found a little bit jarring was I did, I felt like Jeremy Renner's characterization, like his character was a little thin sometimes. Like sometimes they would kind of go to him and he would just be like, science. Like, or like every time they were kind of talking and he's like, yo, that would be interesting, except that science and physics is the basis of everything. And I was kind of like, all right, you know, like it sort of seemed like he was kind of there occasionally to just be like, oh, you emotions, you emotions is silly. Like, you know, it's smart. Silly old emotions. Yeah. And I don't sometimes I did feel like it, it walked the line between making him a little thinner than than that character maybe deserved. Okay, disagree. Here's why. Here's why I disagree. Especially because it was from Amy, Amy's character's <clears throat> perspective, whose name, I'm sorry, I'm so terrible with names, I forget the name of her character. Dr. Banks. But like, this whole... Is it Louise or something like that? Yeah, know. Louise. Lois? Yeah, Louise, Louise Banks. Louise. And um, Jeremy Renner's character was Ian Donnelly. So like, I felt like Ian actually, the way his character was both written and portrayed was actually fairly genius, because you only really understand like who he is... After like everything, after you like have, after everything has dropped, like at the very end, right? Like this is a guy who just shuns emotion because he can't handle it, and mm-hmm. that like makes sense yeah. with why like he would leave, why he would like divorce her, why he couldn't handle this like big bombshell that she drops on him. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like his character was written in a way that like you don't really understand where this person is or like why they react the way they do until you see the whole picture that they put in front of you. And I found his performance to be incredibly generous to. Oh, I thought, I thought it was less of a performance problem and more of a screenplay problem. Like I, cause there, you know, there was like that literally that one scene where the daughter's trying to help and the mom's like, and Amy, I was like, if you want science, talk to your dad. And I was like, Oh, that was a clumsy line. I don't know. Like for me, I just felt like sometimes the lines were a little, uh, a yeah. little too on the nose in terms of being like, I am science. I am language. Like, watch us interact. But even, like, the reason he's attracted to her is because she, like, approaches language like a scientist. Like, he oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Like a yeah. mathematician is what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I didn't have that problem. But I love this movie. So, whatever. <laughs> I have blinders on. Don't even care. That's um, actually something uh, I had a question about, though. Is like, why him? Like they're they like choose like the best of the best in the whole world for their specific field, and Amy Adams has like like this very specific field of study of like language and like linguistics, and then he just like is a scientist. He's just good at everything. <laughs> yeah, <he's... laughs> like it's, it's, I don't know that bothered me. Anyway, <laughs> I, Wait, I, I question uh... question. I actually have a question. There was one line in the movie that I did not catch that I couldn't catch because of the way it was filmed. And, like, it really bothered me. It's when Forrest Whitaker is like, if I leave this room, I'm not going to come back. And you missed out on aliens. And Pam's like, oh, shit, no. And then she's like, ask. Oh, ask yeah, yeah. No, I, that was that was really hard, too. Ask him what the um, yeah. and then Sanskrit he comes word back for war And was. you can't understand what she says. What I took that, yes, it was because they filmed it when she was like getting on a helicopter. And yeah. so she's like, shoo, 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 shoo. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, what wait I a second, to be was that I want to know. They, <laughs> what she did asked she him, say? T- she asked him to ask the other language, the other linguist for the Sanskrit word for war. He gave some term 
which I don't, I couldn't hear because the f- way it was filmed. You're right. And then she said, like, no, it's actually cattle, like, a conquest for more cattle, like a want of more cattle. So I guess I, I think what she was trying to portray in that because the movie is a lot of the movie is about like framing your conversations and how when you give people tools to learn, if you give them a competitive tool. Like they mentioned, like, like the Chinese are playing. Yeah. yeah. Like if you give them an antagonistic tool for communication, then all of their interactions will be antagonistic. Or if you give them a uh, open-ended tool, like all of their interactions will flow more. And so I think the point she was trying to make was that the other linguists maybe viewed it as like a, a more antagonistic thing. And like then an she was more thing. interested in like what the etymology and underlying meaning of it is rather than, I don't know. That was what I took away. I also thought that was a weird line. I felt like that really did a disservice to them setting up the whole linguistic aspect because it wasn't a, you couldn't catch it. And then B, even if you did catch it, it was like, well, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the point of it. Maybe you were supposed to be a little bit lost. It was kind of like a teaser for to, what, like, catch for what came eventually. Yeah. But I felt like that was one of the great strengths of the movie was that they were really like, They were really successful at explaining kind of complex linguistic principles in really gettable ways. But it didn't feel like, oh, this is gettable. This is like. See, I'm actually actually going to disagree with that because that is my my main problem with the movie is the middle portion. I thought the beginning was like really strong when they're recruiting her and they go for the first time to see the aliens. And it's kind of like done in this really claustrophobic like style because it's like you like we were saying it's all from this very subjective cinematic perspective and you're kind of getting her and like it's i just think it's really awesome and when they're talking and it's not working and then she takes off her uh her suit and they start communicating through letters right or or uh the written heptapod written language and then and then it literally jumps ahead like a month and it's like we figured out the language and they just have a a thing where they can just talk to him on an iPad. And like, I felt that there was so much um, build up to it. Like there was so much setup and interesting stuff getting to that point. But then in terms of actually literally figuring out how it works, there's just sort of this montage of her being like time passed and we figured it out. Yeah. Like, well that was, that was not very, uh, I thought that was kind of a bad payoff for like what the beginning set up. Like I get that, but that's actually not what I was talking about like in terms of what I thought the strength was, what I thought the strength was, was like, like, okay, I get what you're saying with that. I disagree. Because they didn't dive into like the specifics of the linguistic. Yeah. The movie's not about learning heptopod. The movie's about like time and the relationship and like human relationships and how like perception, like new, like beings would like change the way we perceive just like reality. Mm. Like, so it didn't bother me that we didn't like learn heptopod with her. Frankly, I, I just really felt for the to. amount of time that they spent setting that up then to just be like, oh, and we got it. Yeah, I was, I was just it, bummed I, me it out. didn't bother me. And I, I just would argue that I don't think that's what the movie was about. But what I was saying was like the actual like principles of linguistics, like how how the principles of linguistics, like your perception of those principles affect like how you communicate and why that's important to think about, especially with like a new entirely new species, you know? Like, the foreignness of the heptopods mixed with, like, the principles of linguistics, like, how those two interacted. Like, I thought that was so strong and, like, really asked, like, fascinating questions, like, about humanity and, like, how, like, language affects how we perceive each other. And, like, I thought that whole thing was, like, genius and really, really good. And when I say gettable, it makes it seem, like, simple and, like, 
it makes the principles like dumbed down. But what I thought the strength was, was that everybody in the theater, I felt like was understanding what was going on, was understanding what the moral Mm -hmm. questions were. And like, that is so hard to do, especially with like a field as complex as linguistics. So like the whole way that they explained um, that to the audience was genius in my opinion. I loved that scene where she's like writing on the whiteboard and she's explaining. Yeah, I I love that scene. Like, it's like very obviously like, like them trying to like very simply explain to the audience like what's going on, but she explains it so well. And it's just like, I just, yeah, I loved it. Even for like a lay audience, like I think it's very easily understandable, like what's happening. Well, that's kind of the point I feel like of having the movie. So again, I'm going to say this, but like subjective from her um, perspective is like, or that's the point of Forrest Whitaker's character is to be the guy who's like, well, that's dumb. I got to sell this to people. You know, like Forrest Whitaker is kind of asking the questions that like maybe we would ask as an audience. Totally. And then that's that totally like allows point. Amy Adams to be like, no audience, like see how you have to figure out diagram the sentence. So like, I think his, his presence, like as a screenplay device was very smart to kind of like have her be like, well, that's nice and all, but like, what does it mean for the real world? You know, kind of thing. But you Which totally believe good. that that his character has to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, there yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't like, think it was oh, like badly done. I'm just saying like in terms of, me. yeah, in terms of device, like it was pretty obvious what he, you know, was like in that device also like but the device worked and it's oh, so yeah, yeah. simple oh, yeah, yeah. which is why i'm like just amazed by it like it's like oh duh like of course he's like the explain away character right but like it also really 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 worked love it yeah force whitaker love it. i love my also questions. my other big problem with the movie was the middle part with the soldiers um oh attacking yeah the heptapods and stuff i felt like that was completely under built up under done when it was actually happening and then under resolved in totality. Like I, I just felt like that could have been absolutely cut from the movie. Like my, my feelings just about the movie was like the beginning I was really into. And then once we got into like the end kind of 30 minutes, I was like way into it, but I just felt like that middle part, um, when it's kind of like them talking and then you see these aliens or you see the, the American servicemen like listen, listening to Rush Limbaugh and being like, oh, maybe we should attack them. I just, I just felt like that really was out of place. I don't know. I don't know if you guys felt that at all, but um, I really felt that that middle part sl- changed the pacing of the film in a strange way. I really felt like I agree with that. I think for me, it wasn't like the. I, I agree with like the setup and the resolution of those things didn't really feel complete. Especially because any, like, any, <laughs> any, like, soldiers they asked to go, like, deal with aliens. I know, that's, really, like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. the best like, they it's like, the be... guy is constantly giving them these looks when they're coming in and out. And I was like, does nobody realize that this guy is, like, like, like how shady super does crazy? he have yeah. to act to, shady. like, get your attention? I know, that's what I thought, too. But, and also, <laughs> like, at the end, like, you don't see what happens to them. And I get that it's from, like, Amy's perspective. Like, it's all about her. We, it doesn't really matter what happens to them because the deed is done. And now she has to, like, deal with the consequences yeah. of those actions. But, like, it, in the same way, like... Just felt unsatisfying. It just did... Exactly. It felt completely unsatisfying. And you would think that these service people, like, if they did actually do that, it would be a big deal. Like, a big deal. Like, they'd be in massive amounts of trouble. And, like, the thing that really didn't – I didn't understand is that these are the guys who are going into the, like, 
the ship with Amy, they see these are like just big bugs who like are completely not aggressive in any way. But like Rush Limbaugh on YouTube yeah, I know. is what like, like changes their minds. Them. Yeah, that like, was weird. It was really, really odd. I get that they needed that to happen. Like they needed an inciting incident to like make like the whole culture of like the relationship with the aliens totally shift. And I get why that that needed to happen, but I felt like it would have been way more believable if it had been like some random outside terrorist people, you know, who like had no relationship. Or even like something that had gone wrong in their communication. Like if they had said something to offend the aliens, like in some way that maybe like strained the relationship through the linguistic terms that we knew instead of like getting guns out. I don't know. It just felt really odd tonally. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't mind that they had that soldier who like, bombed the aliens i think it would have been better if he had like a different incentive like sorry you there's that you he's out. talking to his wife bit? and she's like freaking repeat your out, last sentence we lost like, you trying to calm yeah, her down I, I was actually thinking about this after i think if oh, buddy. he would have had a conversation with you at all oh try again hold on <laughs> okay can you can you hear me now yeah yeah but it's more of like a cutout on the internet side yeah okay how bad is it just start the sentence all over. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I think that the guy who did the explosion, he should have had a different incentive. Like, there is that scene where he's talking to his wife on on the phone. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, and yeah. And she's, like, yeah. freaking out at him. She's like, what yeah. are they doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it would have been better if they were, like, she was, like, He's like, he's like, I'm trying to make money for us. Like, we're obviously like in a tough time. And the reason he exploded that ship is because someone paid him off. Like, I I think that would have been like believable. But yeah, I agree. Like, I think it was so strange that like this person who's being allowed to be in this alien vessel is like so easily coerced into fear to like explode the ship, which actually brings me to something else. Can we talk about the reason the aliens were there in the first place? Sure. Sure. As I understood it, so here's here's the meat and potatoes of the film, like the thesis of <laughs> the film. Basically, here's everything you need to know about arrival. <laughs> well, the thesis of the film basically is that the way that these aliens think, experience time, and communicate is uh, like a holistic entity, and that the way that they write and communicate to each other is done in like an omni tense because they are experiencing all of time at the same time, you know, like they really are fourth dimensional um, beings in the sense that human beings like you and I see slices of the fourth dimension in three dimensions, but we only see what we're experiencing right now. Whereas the aliens are seeing the entirety of their existence all at once. And that's kind of where Amy Adams gets to by the end of the film through an understanding of the heptapod language, like it rewires her brain to experience the fourth dimension as a continuous entity for her. So seemingly what it says in the end of the film is the aliens say like in 3000 years, we're going to need your help. So like they are seeing this whole, their whole existence. And they know that at that point in the future that they will need humanity's help with something So in order to get that help, they need to, in their past existence, have given humanity the tools to help with it. To understand time the way that the aliens do. Yeah, so like when when they land these ships and they say like there's kind of a miscommunication of like, oh, we're trying to give you a weapon, like we're trying to give you a tool, we're trying to give you something. 
Um, like what they're trying to do basically is ensure that the future that they understand to be and have seen comes true by their doing what they knew they did in the past. If that makes sense. Cause, cause if you see, and that's kind of what the whole point of Amy Adams having her daughter is very similar to that, where it's like, she knows what's going to happen. Like she sees the entirety of her life and the entire span, but it's not about like trying to change it. It's about like fulfilling that and enjoying or, or experiencing as it happens. If that makes sense. So like, yeah. so she needs to, so she knows she's going to have this daughter and her daughter's going to die of cancer. But even though she knows that she's going to go through with it because like time for her is not, um, like something it's not even it's not even like looking to the future versus looking to the past it's just like i see it all at once i just see everything like, it's like you a, are it's always in the process of like experiencing your life yeah and what Which i thought, thought was a really was, good what i thought was fascinating point. about that is because the way that they set up the language is like this heptapod like basically the heptapod language is this weird circle with like ink splotches all over it but the idea is that it's holistic so like it's like the whole thing is like it's like reading an entire book like that it's mm-hmm. like if all of the words in a book were like in front of you and you read the whole thing at once and you understood it like as like a holistic thing, right? And like then they also talk about when that heptapod dies, like his friend is like he's in the process of dying. Like he's Yeah, he's in the dying process. <laughs> he's like experiencing death. It was like how he described it. Mm-hmm. I just thought like that idea was like so genius, you know? Like this these aliens like knew that like understood like their language was the key. Oh, Ethan's like disagreeing. I don't know. Here's the thing. If, if you don't know aliens, when it comes to like, like space and stuff, I'm like obsessed with that stuff. I like, I like delve into that subject matter. And there's a couple things I have to say. First, that that whole entire explanation of this like gift oh, we lost that you, buddy. the aliens have given. We lost you, buddy. Go back. Go back to the. Uh, there's a couple of things I have to say. Line. I'm what so sorry. What internet? Okay. Is go- What's your internet? I'm using. I'm using um, the free Google Fiber. <laughs> Definitely. On, Google, your fiber is not helping you out right now. Just go back to the. I have a few things to say. Okay. So. Um, I don't know. I thought that idea was a little bit too fantastical for me. Like, it reminded me a lot of, like, the interstellar part where, like, he's, like, in that weird, like, love space play. I don't know. It was just, like, really, like, not believable. I'm, like, Uh, offended by that because I hated that so much. I know. (laughs) I sort of of agree with Imani on this one, too. Uh, I will say, though, that there are, like, so, like, there are, like, some Bushman tribes in the world that do, like, experience that sort of like like their language makes them understand things differently it's like holistic. so like no not really holistically like for example like if you point to a certain color they don't see it the same way the same way we do because they've like like because their language encourages them to like group things together so like like the process that's going on in the movie like that like holistic just like sort of language changing your perception of reality is like a real thing like there are certain languages in the world that cause people to view reality in different ways. Like I was listening to a podcast where there's like this like Chinese dialect or something where they don't, there's no words for the past. So everything is in the, the present. Like they, they can only like talk about things in the present, which is very interesting. But yeah, I mean, and I, I know like I've heard this before. I don't know if it's true or not, but I know people have theorized that the, um, 
that mathematics is maybe like stronger or stressed more in Chinese societies because of the characters, like the number of strokes that you have to do to write a character in English is like three is the maximum number you would ever use to write an alphabet letter. Whereas like you would have to use an extraordinarily larger number of strokes to write Chinese characters. So like the way that people who grow have grown up writing Chinese, like group numbers and do like number groups together is of a different way than people who have grown up writing with like a uh, Latinized alphabet or whatever because of like stroke numbers and stuff like that. I don't know if that's like completely accurate, but it, but it does point to what you're saying about um, like it's a real concept. Like it's a real yeah, a real concept. Like, I maybe you know what maybe I, maybe I'm like moving to your guys' side. I don't know. When I was watching the movie, I was just like, ugh, like now she can see the future. Like I don't know. It just like bothers me. <laughs> see, but it's me. not even it's not even seeing the future. Yeah. It's it's just like experiencing the whole. Because I thought like the best scene in the movie was the ending for me when she was like. When she had just clicked, like, what was going on with her, when she got put back, um, and then she had to call the general. Yeah. And she's, like, she's so she's in that time, but she's also simultaneously seeing herself in 18 months. And the general's, like, gives her the number then, which she now knows through all of her time existence. And then she's able to call him and tell him what she, she's he's telling her in 18 months' time as it's going on now because she's like able to access all of those moments. And like the way that it flipped back and forth, like, like I was saying, uh, actually like a lot of science fiction and a lot of great science fiction deals exactly with this concept of, of like fourth dimension and time being um, something that like humanity doesn't see completely. Yeah. And so as soon as, as soon as they drew something, as soon as an alien like put out that circle and she said, like, you have to know the end of the sentence when you, before you start the beginning, I, I like knew what was going to happen. Like I was like, oh, okay, I understand this movie. I know what they're going for, but I still think the execution of it in the last 20 minutes was phenomenal. Like was incredibly well done in like showing you how it actually works from kind of like a technical level for her experience. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Have you seen, um, have you ever played Bioshock? Either of you? Bioshock yeah. Infinite? I just recently no, I uh, played Bioshock infinite. Doesn't it, did it kind of remind you of that? Like, have you finished Infinite? Yeah, I finished it. Like, you know, at the end when they're like going through all these lighthouses and you're, and, the, and she's like, there's always a lighthouse. There's always a person. Yeah. And like, you kind of see his whole life and you get to see like the changes that would have made him different men. It kind of reminded me of that where it's like, it's revealing like all these things that you've been sitting with for the whole game or for the whole movie. It like kind of unspools in like 20 minutes. And I like the last 20 minutes of this movie, I was just like, yes, 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 yes. This is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very similar idea. Can I can I speak to that? Like the oh, idea that it is very like g- this movie was very grounded in like classic sci-fi principles. Mm-hmm. So as somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience with that genre, I definitely got the feeling that this was playing on themes that had already existed, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And like for sure. it was like for me, I think one of the reasons I liked it so much was because it was such a good execution of classic sci-fi themes i felt like it really got me jazzed about this genre and now i'm gonna go like explore more in that genre do you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like that's one of the reasons i think i liked it so much because i was like wow like i get why sci-fi is so awesome i get why it's so important i want to know more about this so i felt like that for me was like the great strength of the movie it was super like easy for somebody who 
maybe didn't understand sci-fi but understood like media and content to like get behind what they were doing like as a genre and it was done so 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 well i also wanted to say thank god for like the feminist in me who was like this is a movie that's like going to be super important like an important part of the conversation of like sci-fi movies and it's about like a woman and her daughter like that's what the movie's about like that's the emotional crux of the entire thing and Mm -hmm. for me personally that was really nice it was really refreshing i get that not people don't go in like i am one of maybe a vast minority of people who go in and are like where are all the women but i do every movie i do i want to see my gender represented on screen i do and i'm not going to apologize for it so like when a movie like this comes out and it proves that like women are just as interesting like you don't need to have a male driven cast to make something that's not only super high quality but that's going to do really well in the box office like it's just so has this movie done well vindicating i think it has it was I'm going to look it up right now. Because what I was going to say is that um, while I think that it is going to be a science fiction gateway for you, I think it will be a turnoff for a lot of other people because of the deliberate pacing and the fact that it's kind of like it is. It reminds me so much more of either. It's already made one hundred and five million dollars. It reminds me of it. It does. Yeah, it is very similar to contact. So like. Uh, it feels a lot more obviously like because it's adapted from a short story it feels much more like a science fiction like tone piece or like short story or kind of like a throwback to like solaris or something of like science fiction of the 70s that was like a really slow burn and i don't think that this is like this is not like the majority of science fiction that's been made like since star wars and aliens you know, like, again, it's kind of nice but to see a return like, to that. Star Wars isn't really, like, science fiction. Oh, no, no. Like, it's I, I agree. Fantasy. I Yeah, it's more like science fantasy. And, like, but but I do think that a lot of people who go see, if they're like, oh, I like sci-fi, it's, it's not necessarily the kind of sci-fi where you sit for two hours to get a understanding of the world it's the kind of sci-fi where you see like fantastic space colonies and guardians of the galaxy and stuff like i'm and i'm not saying like one of those is more sci-fi than the other i'm just saying i think for a lot of people who think of like oh i'm a science fiction fan this might be a little slower and more deliberate than what you are used to as a modern sci-fi you know what movie i think you're underestimating the audience i'm gonna disagree i think people do want to be informed i think we live in a time when like being nerdy and like being invested in the content you watch is like a cool and interesting thing. And I think a lot of people who are having that conversation with themselves, like, oh, I like sci-fi are going to be more informed. No, I agree. But I I also think that this is a filmmaker's movie in a lot of ways, like the way that it is structured and put together. Like I honestly found it a little bit frustrating. So this movie uses extremely deep depth of field shots love it like all Ooh. the time i did not all I did that not claustrophobic like, that. like yeah i did not care for it representation um, of like how she yeah, was feeling exactly yes, like so it's all you. it's all like super um it uses like ex- like i was saying extremely deep depth of field most of the shots are close-ups of character faces mm, or stuff so and good. then you can't see what's in the background and like i understand like metaphorically it's both a representation of claustrophobia and a representation of the fact that not everything is in clear focus for her at the times when you're seeing her. But I, I don't know, like I felt myself like constantly straining towards the background and being like, when is it going to resolve itself? Like, when am I going to see what's in focus? And I get that that was the filmmaking point, but I think that somebody who maybe is not like 
interested in film technically might just find it frustrating and like less of a interesting showcase for his cinematography. But like people still love like like Alfred Hitchcock made a lot of money, right? And his whole filmmaking philosophy was like cinematography as like a character experience. Like and just because that's something we've lost now doesn't mean that it can't still be popularized and I know, like, I'm just saying how many people in the theaters today are going to see movies that are even slightly reminiscent of Hitchcock is like I, I just don't think it's but like I just the don't norm. I don't think that's because they're the ones controlling the market. I think that's because that's what Hollywood is putting in front of them, you know? Like Well, Hollywood only puts in front of people what people go to see there's bombs i disagree with that i think it's a it's a it's the chicken or the egg argument i think you vote with your wallet every time you go see something that's like hollywood won't make things that they don't think will do well they're not going to make something that they don't think think is going to make money completely underestimate who is out there watching movies right now i disagree and now i'm (laughs) sad because i'm depressed thinking about how people are voting with their wallets (laughs) This is the yep. worst. People agree with me in the comments. Thank you, Moman. He literally said, I agree with a Manny. <laughs> oh, that's good. I think he was talking about the gender and ethnicity. You know though. what? It doesn't matter because he agreed with me and I feel vindicated now. <laughs> um, one final thing I wanted to say before we go, because we are out of time on this discussion, is that there is a distinct difference between this and Interstellar, oh, in my yeah. opinion, which made me think, like, and I'm not even saying, like, a whole like it it's down to one specific thing that for me personally makes or breaks what i consider to be an enjoyable science fiction and that is whether or not the characters need to hold on to their humanity and like this abstract concept of love to save the universe or whether or not they will expand themselves and let go of their humanity to save the universe what are you laughing about it's just that Interstellar like pulls a frozen. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Interstellar end, is, is like, in my opinion, oh, Interstellar love. was such a fucking piece of bullshit. I hate because you go through this whole journey, yes, and you get to preach, the end, Will, and he's like, preach. and he's like, oh, I love you, Daddy. It was actually like me rippling everything through time, and I was like, this is such a fucking Kiss waste of time my to show. Ass. It's so stupid it's to show worst. that you get this whole way and then it's like, no, but really we're humans at our center and our humanity is what makes us special. I'm like, listen, humans, you're not fucking special. You're part of this bigger, huge, interesting environment. And this movie does so well where she kind of gets to that crux and it's like, oh, I could, you know, lie to my husband and I could like just cover things up and like, you know, try to be this like human person again or I can embrace the fact that I'm open to this uh, more experience and I'm letting go of my, you know, shell of humanity and kind of moving into this abstract and interesting frame. And she does. And I respect the hell out of this movie for doing that, because to me, that's like the biggest um, problem between like what differentiates, like I said, quality and or good or what I enjoy and do not enjoy in sci-fi is when. That whole thing, when that humanity card and the love and the connection to the universe gets played, I am turned off so instantly. So I would say, like, kudos to this movie for having the balls to go there. Because when you crap out with some bullshit about how you love your family, it's just stupid. Can I I also add to that? This is my big thing about that whole argument. Is, like, so the guy who, like, represents all of human love, who uses love to, like, bend time and space, clearly, like, has a favorite child. And, like, can't love his children equally. Like, how... 
what planet does that character represent? Suck it, Interstellar. Suck it, Interstellar. Worst representation of like human love and affection, like ever. Like he's the worst. He's he's the absolute worst. I hate. I hate. I have such a problem with that movie. Ethan, I'm sorry that we've shut you out with our incessant rambling. Oh my god, Interstellar can. It's okay. Suck it. I understand you guys. (laughs) My mom told me she doesn't want me to curse as much on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ethan, do you have final wrap up thoughts on this whole discussion? Yeah. uh, First, let me say, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I guess what I would like to say is I, one of the things that I appreciated that we didn't bring up is the, the visual like design choices of the aliens I thought were really successful. I'm glad that they decided to choose something that's pretty realistic. I mean, because like, I mean, when it comes to aliens, they've evolved in a completely different way. And I think the idea like looking people. Yeah, I think the humanoid looking alien is com- it's completely it's like narcissistic. Like who are we to assume that aliens are going to look like us? Like and What's I, I love that they were just like these like really scary looking creatures that obviously have evolved in a completely different way. And I thought that was an awesome design choice. Totally. I agree. And that's and I think that's part of again, like where a weaker movie or a more like a movie that is doesn't commit to the full science fiction might model aliens and human image. It's, it's another point towards this movie really committing to the fact that humans are, but one piece of this huge intergalactic time space puzzle. And the things that we run into are not necessarily going to be recognizable in, in any sense. Well, a lot of times you feel like the conflict and like the aliens are like tailor made for humanity, right? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is like, this is like some deep reflection on us because now like just to throw out a Star Trek reference just because now like women are in charge instead of men like isn't that interesting yeah and yeah. it's like this movie really proves that you like the most telling like the the type of creature that's going to be the most telling of like who we all are as like humans and as humanity is something that's so different from us something that mm-hmm. we're going to fear something we're that going to we're going to misunderstand like that's what's going to show like who we really are like as people i just thought i also thought it was very um uh, cheese alter says very cthulhu-esque which is true yeah. because like i'm really into that idea right now which we've talked about like of in cthulhu mythology and in lovecraft stuff like the actual intake of knowledge like drives you insane mm. and it's kind of similar in this it's like totally because when they're wheeling out the first scientist they're like oh he didn't take it so well and then i'm just like fuck <laughs> so it's almost like you know if if she was weaker minded maybe she would have been like broken by this um but uh i wanted to say uh, i totally forgot oh my god aliens the way they look not like people uh <laughs> what are I don't you, know. what's happening to you <laughs> <laughs> I, for, I had a train of thought but i lost it um yeah i i also really enjoyed the heptapod thing and i thought it was and awesome wait this is the last thing i have to say about this Do i it. swear so um one of my favorite movies of all time is contact i love contact it's like an awesome movie. It ended weird, but it's awesome. This movie reminds me a lot of Contact in the conflict of humanity, where it's just like people are barbaric. We've evolved from like a barbaric animal, and that obviously like shows in the way where we re- the way where we respond to like aliens visiting us. Like I don't know. I just 
I love roll I, out the tanks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I thought that was like a very realistic way to interpret this. Like I I think that's probably what would happen is we would all like separate from each other and sort of I don't know. I, am I alone on this? Like I thought it was like no, a no, really good realistic interpretation of like first contact with no yeah it was alien life. like it was so interesting because it took it took literally what in an episode of Star Trek might have been like oh commander there's some other aliens he's like oh set your communicator to Glorbalorp it took <laughs> that five seconds of interaction that skimmed over in eerily so many accurate things. representation <laughs> of, an episode of Star Trek of Star yeah. Trek but I'm saying like a lot of sci-fi would have taken what was this entire movie away from it you know like it would have just been mm-hmm. oh no we have the technology for that like remember aliens all communicate with the vocal box duh like and it's not like that at all it's like you you yeah. see this like the true struggle and the like the micro processes of having to figure out like how the fuck do you interface with something that is so alien with you and that's where you're right what contact has a lot of similarities to that a lot Which of Manny, i know you said you wanted to uninteresting question too like oh like them learning how to talk to each other isn't going to be interesting it's when they can talk to each other that all the interesting stuff happens and obviously that's not true ethan did you have one more yeah no i was just gonna say earlier manny was talking about how she wants like good sci-fi recommendations because she wants to start watching it yeah Uh, contact is on netflix i think you should watch it yeah i've heard this is like Arrival is like a tighter, more cinematic version of Contact. It is. It's sort of like an art house version of Contact, yeah. is what I would call it. So I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. Carl Sagan was the writer of the original Contact. Very smart and charismatic and interesting guy, if you were ever. I need to get MJ to get me some sci-fi recommends. I'm sure he has a bunch. Yeah, I would imagine he's... Um, I, I, would, I would guess he's more into like the 70s and 80s kind of like Blade Runner-y, like practical effects kind of... Yeah, and I want like... like I want to get into that. Yeah, know. it is cool stuff. And also cool. reading well, more we, sci-fi. We have gone our maximum allotted conversation time on this. Uh, we're trying to keep the episodes in a much shorter, uh, condensed format. So thank you all for discussing Arrival for us. I think all three of us unanimously would say, go watch it. Yeah. I think, uh, it's, it's a unanimous recommend. Three thumbs up, six thumbs up, since we're each giving it two. And uh, we are going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to come back. Or seven thumbs up if we were heptapods. Do they even oh. have thumbs? Who knows? Uh, we're going to come back in a moment with our consuming. So uh, stick around. All right, guys. We're back with my favorite part of the podcast, what we have been reading watching and listening to as usual we're gonna round robin this mother fluffer mother fluffer mom i know you're listening um <laughs> does she make it all the way to the end of she these congratulations listens to every episode she is Damn. dedicated Aww. um and hi, Carter. can i call her yeah, can i call her a mommy a mommy she's she's my mommy <laughs> that is so cute <laughs> i love that um will why don't you did take you say it away? edamame Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Ethan. All right, minute thirty seconds. Go. Uh, Lost watch. Oh, 16. Oh God. It's done. It's finished. I did it. I finished. I finished Lost. Um, it did this really interesting thing where sort of. Oh, did in it? The sixth was season, it interesting? It was. Shut up. Let me have my time. So in this in the sixth season, they basically I think like 
came I, I guess they just came to the realization that where it was what it had become and what it was doing was so far removed from any resemblance of what people latched on to originally like in the first kind of three seasons and so they created like i talked about before this flash sideways world where you get to see all of the characters come back together find each other find themselves and like i honestly felt like for me it worked really well uh i think it was kind of i understand it was a little cheesy it was kind of like a cheap way out but I really felt that the Flash Sideways Worlds was fun. I would have watched like a whole nother season or two of just the Flash Sideways stuff because I really enjoyed that. But I mean, it did feel like it did feel like them kind of trying to apologize and being like, oh, we know that this got so weird and up its own ass that nobody knows why or how it got there. And so sorry about that. Here's kind of the dynamics that you liked originally. Sorry so for we me, completely really screwed worked. up everything yeah, you loved sorry we about screwed this up show. After three seasons, you know. Here are like but 20 me, minutes an worked. episode of like what yeah. it should have been. I was and I was okay with that because I liked the I liked the 20 minute sections. Bullshit. Uh, that's the end of my minute, so I will Bullshit. never again Lost has been purged from the show. Lost watch is completed. I am now in a show hole though. I don't know what I'm going to watch next. Um I'm thinking about going to Breaking Bad next. So Ooh, interesting. But uh, Lost done. Ultimately, the main story it really fizzled out for me, but I felt that it gave me the closure and the fan service that I desired. So I was happy at the end of the day, even if other people who shall not be named were not happy. It was me. I wasn't happy. It was you. Naming <laughs> myself. All right. Who's next? Do you guys want to do your combo one or do you want to go? Yeah, let's combo this. I will. Combo it. Let's combo this. Okay. Set. Um, well, I think there's only one that we share, yeah, which is like an it. obvious one, which is Moana. Ethan and I Moana. both went and saw Moana. Nice. And it was super great. Okay, cool. It's really great. Let's move cool. on. Is it, was this a was this a awesome. Pixar or a Disney? <laughs> it was it's, Disney. It's Disney. It's a Disney movie. It's about. Why don't you give him a little rundown of it, really quick, Ethan? Yeah. So Moana is sort of. It's like a movie about like Polynesian culture in general. It's about Moana. She's the daughter of a chief. She is soon to become chief. Her island is like running out of food and supplies. And so she needs to go on a journey to go find this god, this demigod Maui, who has taken this like this heart from like like the islands, which like is causing everything to like be like decrepit and like no more food to come around, whatever. So yeah, she has to like learn. She like she she like has no idea how to sail the sea, so she has to like basically just take a risk, risk her life, and she goes on this journey to find Maui and hopefully like save her people. It's really good. It is a princess movie. It is a musical. It's like Disney being oh, like, oh, so it's like classic. Disney. Yeah, it's like Disney being okay. like, oh yeah, we're gonna do whatever the hell we want now that we have your trust. Like as an audience, like we're just gonna go <laughs> back to the way it was. We're gonna yeah, make yeah. you watch a Disney princess sing about her feelings. And, and it way was, better than Frozen. It was so good, guys. It was a lot of fun. Where do you think it's stacked in your, uh, in your like pantheon of Disneyness? Um, probably top ten. It was a okay. really yeah, so solid pretty, movie. Pretty high. It was really, really well made. Seven. Really, really well done. Um, better than Frozen. Probably not as good as like Wreck It Ralph. Ethan, we can't really hear you again oh <laughs> i'm sorry you guys i have expensive internet i don't know what's going on 
You have one more minute. You have one more minute on Moana. So okay, if you, you should go else see Moana system. because it kind of shows what a Disney princess movie can do when it doesn't mm-hmm. like conform itself to the idea of being a movie about a princess. It's really about a girl who has to go like figure her life out, and it is awesome. The Hell Rock yeah. was really good in it. The main girl who they got to play Moana was also really good in it. Um, the songs were really catchy and fun. I wouldn't say they're like the best music I've ever heard from Disney. Moment even says though... it was uh, Lin Manuel Miranda did. Some yeah, of it, he did. He wrote yeah. the songs right now in the hotness for Hamilton. Yeah, and it it was all right. He was fine. I got the feeling that he wrote the like they were like, could you just come like finish this up? Yeah, like, could, <laughs> that's probably true. Could you just come yeah. like be on the? Can your name be on this, please? Yeah. <laughs> so they were fine. They were a lot of fun. I did download the soundtrack right after because i did enjoy it i don't think they're like the epicness of like you know like lion king or something like that like truly classic disney musical but it was good the animation was beautiful i thought the plot was really good you should finish finish your last thought you should definitely go see it go check it out it's worth your time yep thumbs up from both excellent okay i will go next please do okay So, the first thing I would like to talk about is, as you know, and if you can't hear me, please let me know. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite things in the whole world is drag queens and drag culture and gay culture and subculture of gay culture. I'm obsessed with it. There is a documentary that is free to watch. It's HD quality and it is on YouTube and it is called Paris is Burning. It is one of my, it's probably top three favorite movies for me of all time. It is an amazing wow. documentary. It's it's like an hour and like 12 minutes, like really easy to watch, just enjoyable to watch. It's on YouTube. It's about in it's about like 80s like people of color gay drag queen culture in New York. Like and it's just like really specific, really niche and it's just it just follows these group of like people like gay people of color in the 80s and like how they like compete compete against each other in this like this like competition called the ball, which is like where they just like dress up in drag and like perform and like make outfits. And it's like really amazing. It's a little sad in some moments. It's called Paris is Burning. Watch it on YouTube. Even if you're a homophobe, you'll like it. Um, nice. You were perfect. That's you, you hit. You have 10 seconds left. So you have time for one more thought on it. <laughs> um, I like I like men. That's my last thought. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Final wrap up from Ethan. Um, and then my last. Uh, so my turn for oh, we're going around. my okay, second yeah. one. Yeah, we're going around Robin. Sorry. First, Amani, uh, Chris wanted to know what you thought of Brave. I know you I'm said gonna in the past. I'm going to save that to the end because it's a terrible save it to movie. The end? Okay. And I hate it. <laughs> she hates it. Good to know. All right. My second one. I saw Zootopia Ooh. because it is now streaming on Netflix. And I have been as you all know, going through a bit of a movie-heavy consumption phase. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. I had not seen it, but I'd heard really great things about it. Um, I thought I thought it was a very strong movie when it just tried to be its own thing. I thought it got weaker for me when it tried to lean heavier on the social commentary stuff. Like, if you prod that metaphor enough, it just, like, totally falls apart. Like, because I don't know, you know, at the end, I don't get, like... There's no cross-species breeding in the movie, as far as I can tell. Like, all the animals are married to other animals that are the same species. So, like, I don't know if that's something that they might tackle in Zootopia 2. If, like, uh, what's the rabbit and the fox, like, are Get a it couple on. or whatever. I don't know. Like, 
So some of it, like, just to me fell flat because this kind of was trying to do, like, you know, ideas about, like, oh, we're promised equality, but in, the in like, reality, we're not equal. And if they had run with that kind of nihilistic, like, framework, I would have been like, yes. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, it kind of tries to say, like, but you can do it if you work together. And, like, you know, you know me. I don't, I don't believe in that bullshit. I'm like, yeah, things are fucked and it sucks. But I did enjoy it a lot. I thought the motion perfect, capture. I don't, actually, I don't know. You, you guys would know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fucked. You guys would know this better than I do. But, like, do you know for the for the facial stuff, do they do, like, keyframe animation or is it motion capture for that It's not mocap. It's not? It's well, then, not. then it's fucking fantastic then. Because, yeah. like, I thought um, all the facial stuff, like, of especially her her uh, parents. I'm forgetting the rabbit's name. Judy but the, Hopps. Uh, there you go. Her like parents and everything. Like I totally knew who they were from their faces and stuff. Like the face capture was, or not face capture, but the the animation was stellar. I thought it was really funny, really funny in a lot of ways, really good. But again, like when you take that whole animal species racism metaphor and kind of like actually look at what they did, I didn't. I don't think it really hit the mark I was expecting. But yeah. as just a fun movie, I enjoyed it. So Zootopia, now it's on Netflix, go give it a watch, because why not? I mean, it's relatively available to you if you have a subscription. What you got, Amani? Oh, yeah. So I only have one more thing to cover, so go can I it. use two of my time slots for Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Cool. I don't know if I'm going to need it. I don't I don't have that much to say about it. I started watching Vikings, the History Channel Ooh, interesting. show. It's sort of like a Game of Thrones, but with Vikings kind of a show. It's much tamer because it's on the History Channel, obviously. There's not nudity. There's a lot of, there is like a lot of sex and there is like a lot of like crazy stuff happening, but because of, it's like on syndication, like it's a lot like more contained and a lot more like, we're going to sort of talk around all these issues. Um, I don't know. I'm like through, I'm, I'm halfway through season two and I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to finish it, but this is not a show that I'm like, you have to go like, see this. Like, this is going to like change your mind about TV. I'm like, really like, like it has like this crazy point I've of view. I've never thought it's about really, history like, channel shows as being very good. Is, is this, it's, is, am I wrong on that? It's good. I, <laughs> I've watched it. It's good. I, I don't know. Like I just, the thing about it is, like, it's very, like, it's filled with drama and angst and, like, it's really, like, Vikings were, like, this crazy culture and look at all this crazy stuff that's happening and, like, emotionally all these characters are all over the place and, like, everybody's sort of insane and, like, that is really, like, good TV. Like, it makes for really good television. There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of, like, crazy stuff that's Viking happening. Viking soap opera? Yeah, it's very, like, Viking soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, like, really well made, and, like, the sets are amazing, the costumes are fabulous, the acting is actually pretty, pretty strong. Actually, I would say very strong. Like, the scripts are kind of corny, and, like, it's very, like, angsty, but, like, the actors give it enough of a weight that you can, like, kind of go along for that ride and enjoy it. I don't know, I just, I'm kind of conflicted with it, because I'm really enjoying it, but I wouldn't particularly argue that it's like a really like super high quality show it's a super enjoyable show if that makes sense yeah um have you seen marco polo on netflix because for some reason in my mind i kind of like lumped them together see, as like and like marco polo seems like it's sort of in that vein like it's a period like drama yeah that's more soap opera-y and it's like mm -hmm. look at how crazy these like historical figures were you know so, yeah, that's sort of, in my mind, that's also similar to how I, like, see them. Yeah, and I haven't seen Marco Polo. I've heard really bad things about it. 
<laughs> I've heard good things, but I don't trust necessarily exactly the good things I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I've heard really terrible things. So Vikings is like this sort of, it's sort of, it, it's a good time. Like if you, if you like Vikings and you want to see some crazy violence and some sexy people getting sexy and some, <laughs> some, I don't know, like it, it's just, it's, a, it's fun. You know, if this is your thing yeah. that you think you might be into, you're going to enjoy it. Like, and that's pretty much all I can really say about it. I'm definitely going to finish it up. I actually, the reason I started watching it is I saw some stuff about it on YouTube of like the most recent season. Um, and like the actors in it, like it's basically they do these really crazy time jumps every so often, which really are really smart. And they really like reinvigorize, like reinvigorate like the show because you get like this, they really like inject some life into the show because it like gets these characters all grown up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's really smart. And that's why the, the show has like had such great longevity because you're really seeing these characters like age up and like these characters change. Um, and I'm really interested in seeing some of the performances of the newer cast have come in. So I started watching it from the beginning, but I agree with cheese alter who said in the comments, it tries way too hard to way too hard to be game of Thrones. I feel like that's, it's failing. It's trying really hard to be like edgy. It's like, Hey, you like this, right? How about more of this? You like this, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, it's, it's not on HBO, so it can't really go there in the same way. I don't know. And there are some issues with like the women in the show because it's like, well, Viking culture is super pa- patriarchal, right? And it's like, okay, like, are you arguing that this show is like an accurate representation of Viking culture and that's why there are no women in it? Because if that's the argument you're making, that's bullshit. Like, this is not at all accurate. This has no bearing on reality of like what it would be like. Like, you are not making like an historically accurate representation. You're making Do you see good this TV. comment? From Bo seventy four coming from Norway, watching Vikings is like a Native American trying to watch Pocahontas. Yeah, there's no like historical accuracy here. There's no like cultural like respect. Like this is like this is like somebody's fantasy of what Vikings are. This is like this is like you know those romance novels that are like the Duchess takes the Duke or whatever, and it's like that's not an accurate representation of Victorian London. That's you having a good time with like dresses and wigs and stuff like in a book. So I just. I don't know. I'm enjoying middling, watching it, but it's reception. total like mindless fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if that if cool. and people need that in their lives, like that's totally fine. But there are some oh, issues yeah. with it that I I wouldn't like argue that it's like gonna change my my like creative understanding of like television or whatever because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Ethan, you got another one for us? Uh, hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. So you got a minute thirty. I just finished. I just finished the new season of Black Mirror. Do you guys watch that? Ooh. Oh no, but I really want to. I watched the first two episodes of the first season, and they were really good. Black Mirror is an excellent sci-fi show. If you don't know what it is, it's basically like Twilight Zone, but about like futuristic stuff, and it's like technology and social media, and like the dark side of those things. Every episode is like a different story. Um, yeah, the new season, it's six episodes. Every episode is excellent. It really, like, hits a note with me. Because Black Mirror really, like, hits this place where it's, like, a not-too-distant future, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's never anything that's, like, unbelievable. And in this new season, they talk about some issues that are really important. Um, like, in, like one of the episodes in the new season, they talk about, like, the death of bees and how it's going to affect they talk everything. They about what? You just cut And out. it's, like... Oh, so in the in the new season, there's an episode about like the death of bees, 
which is like yeah. I think like a really relevant topic to talk about. And it's just it's really good. If you if you have Netflix, watch it. It's you're it's not something that you it's it's not, it's not painful to watch. Like you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna get hooked. So I I would say start with any season. You can start any episode. They're all good. Isn't each a, episode like some... its own thing? So does it matter like how you watch it? Yeah. No, you can you can you can watch any episode from any season. They're all their own story. Cool. I, I, I read like a snippet of an interview with the guy who writes it all. And he said it was this particular season was like very heavily influenced by video games. And like uh, that there's yeah. like pieces of like video gaming in all of them. There's there's an episode. Uh, one of the episodes in this new season is about virtual reality. And it's mm. messed up. Like it's like really good though. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because Westworld is sort of like tackling a similar thing at this moment. About like sort of player agency and entertainment. Which I think I is like that. interesting uh, idea. All right. Now you know where you're going, one. Will. You said you wanted to know what you were doing after Lost. What? Black Mirror? Black yeah, Mirror. I do want to watch Black Mirror. I do. Aren't they like, isn't it like f- five episodes that are 40 minutes and then one that's like an hour and a half or something? Ethan, is that true? I think like so. There's one episode length. that's like significantly longer, I think. Yeah, there's like a feature length. Nice. All right. My last one. I watched. Of what I, I really and really enjoyed a documentary that's on Netflix right now by Werner Herzog <laughs> called Into the Inferno. Mm. It's his most recent documentary. Um, I watched it partially because I think he's a pretty brilliant documentarian and partially because it's one of the, you know, small but growing um number of films that are streaming in 4k on netflix and i really was like oh, okay I'm, I'm totally down to like watch this you know very beautiful nature oriented documentary in 4k and, and it looks fantastic it looks f- incredibly good um but it also secretly is like a documentary about north korea and like about <laughs> Like life in it's such it's such a fucking Werner Herzog thing. Like it's like secretly about all these things that are not like necessarily volcanoes, but like tangential to it. Because it starts off being kind of like straight up about like here's some volcanologists and here's like a history of people who made volcanology interesting and like why people are obsessed with uh, volcanoes. And then it kind of goes into like here are the villages and the people surrounding these volcanoes and like here's some of their mythology and and like why volcanoes are important to them. And then, like, it just full-blown becomes a North Korea documentary for 30 minutes because, like, they got access to film in North Korea, and it's, like, which is super rare because there's, like, this joint volcano study process between, like, universities in England and North Korea, and so they showed up. And they were just like, listen, we know he basically says in the movie, he's like, we know this is going to be propaganda filled, but like, let's just let's just go for it. Like, we know this is going to be all presentation and shows showmanship, but like, why not film it? Because not many people film it. And so like, it becomes a really fascinating North Korea documentary for like 30 minutes in the middle where he just films like North Koreans and talks about like their lives and their existence and how they like attribute the kind of like mythical power of the socialist state to this volcano in North Korea, which I hadn't, I knew about before. Like I've, I've read about that. And then it goes into like Pacific Islanders and talks about it for, it's, it's just all over the fucking place. But you know, like Herzog does, like he's just able to take something that seems on the base of like, okay, it's a movie about volcanoes and then turn it into like this fucking giant commentary on the hit, like the meaning of human condition and how we like, you know, place ourselves in relation to the earth and the insignificance of humans to like geological change. It's really, you know, classic, classic Werner. What a silly guy. Um, and he narrates it like he does all his documentaries in his particular voice, which is, um, I really find like soothing and enjoyable. So 
yeah, I think if you are if you're a fan of him and you like kind of really visually stunning um, RD documentaries, that this is a good one. I found it to be very enjoyable, especially if you happen to have um, a for a way to stream in 4K because it looks goddamn good, like real Hell good. Yeah. Hell yeah! Anybody else got another one? I'm finished. I'm done too. Money, Ethan, everybody's done. I think so. I think I'm done. We did it! <laughs> Congratulations. We stayed within a. Pr- I am a, a, a happy about our time frame. Somewhere in the hundred or somewhere in the hour and fifteen minute mark. Not bad at all. <laughs> somewhere in the hundred. That's hour like mark. a record for us. <laughs> somewhere in the hundred hour mark. Not bad at all. We will continue to you know chip chop away at the time and make it. Uh, more concise and tight podcast for all of your viewing and listening pleasures. And we would like to thank everybody who was in the comments today, as well as anybody who watches comments or writes us nice things on YouTube in general. We appreciate all of the time that you put into consuming our content and we love you very much for it. Yeah, we do love you. We love you so much that we hope you head over to our Facebook page, the get a cat, get a horse Facebook page where you can ask us questions, interact with us. And by us, I mean, will who is the one who, monitors that <laughs> if you send anything i will probably be the one he will be the one to, to respond i think you have moderator privileges on the page. i'm sure i do <laughs> i'm sure you've <laughs> given them to me also you can find this podcast on itunes soundcloud and other podcasting platforms um and yeah absolutely you should do that <laughs> find you us those that. places as well as youtube <laughs> and uh and while you are doing that and browsing the interwebs if you feel the need to leave us ratings and reviews on itunes or soundcloud likes shares on youtube comments thumbs up all those kind of things are extremely helpful for us especially if you think you enjoy or have a friend who would enjoy kind of a nerd talk conversations then um please feel free to pass it on to them because we love to have more people in the comments and more people on the videos it's oh it makes it more fun Next week on Get a Cat, Get a Horse, we have no earthly idea what it is we are going to be My doing. My feeling is that we are going to do the discussion that I mentioned about um, habits of consuming. Yeah. Did, have we did something similar to that already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did we already do that in an episode? You guys did the, I wanted to talk we've about. We've done a binging one, haven't we? I yeah. Don't yeah, yeah. Remember. But I wanted to talk about um sort of ideas about like, this sounds minute and strange, but kind of like the remaster idea, like george lucasing something would you rather see in its original or like even down to the sense of if you're listening to a piece of music will you crank the bass up to make it sound good to your ears or are you interested in getting the most transparent and accurate representation of what the original artist because i think that would be an interesting talk so until further notice amani does not think it'll be interesting until further notice we will be doing something possibly similar to that possibly not we don't know where can they find you will <laughs> In the meantime, you can find me at uh, youtube.com forward slash nerdventures, where this video, as well as many other videos, will be posted. Um, and you can find me on social media um, at the nerdventurer at all the different social medias, though I'm not super active in them. Probably the best way to get in touch with me is through YouTube comments because I check the shit out of those. Where can we find you, Ethan, our um, returning guest? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> My Instagram. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram.com slash Ethan illustration. Literally, you cut out for the last part Instagram. of Instagram.com slash Ethan. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery to everyone. Can, you- <laughs> You can find me at Instagram.com slash Ethan Illustration. And let me just say, I apologize. Uh, throughout this whole episode, I've been cutting out. But I will say, 
that um, <laughs> I um, that, that's that's just, <laughs> that, that I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. Actually. Go ahead. <laughs> but I will say that. <laughs> And you and can find, find me you, under the nomer nerd how on YouTube, Tumblr, and Twitter. You can also find my personal Instagram account, Amani. CBK is the handle. All right, guys, get a cat. Get a horse. idea of a dog oh, i want a bad. dog that's like bigger than me no, i want a dog where i can like i want a dog that i can ride no, i want a mini horse i can just play with him because he's so small <laughs> get a cat get a horse they're softer <laughs> boom that's our that's our I podcast just get, a, get, a cat, get a horse, get a horse. Like the podcast. <laughs> seriously we need to figure out a name though <laughs>